Welcome to the SBCA podcast, Component Connection. Hello, my name is Jess Lowes, and today I'll be your host for SBCA's Component Connection. We've got Gene Frogel and Jeff Taki with us today, and I'll do some introductions here. Gene is the president at Ennadale Millwork in Allied Systems located in Winchester, Virginia. Gene currently serves as the treasurer and president-elect for SBCA and is a member of the executive committee. Gene has also served as a longtime membership committee chair and is active in his local chapter in various Operation Finally Home projects. Also with us is Jeff Taki. He's the vice president of manufacturing and commercial sales at Mead Lumber. Jeff oversees component manufacturing locations throughout Nebraska, Wyoming, Montana, and South Dakota. Jeff currently serves as SBCA's management committee chair and is also an executive committee member and will follow Gene as SBCA's president in 2022. I'd like to welcome both uh, Jeff and Gene to the podcast today. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Jess. Yeah, so this is the third in our series interviewing various executive committee members about the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic that we find ourselves in. So with that, I guess I'll just jump into the questions. Uh, You know, Gene, how has coronavirus impacted the demand in your market for components? Well, I think that uh, I'm a little bit disconnected because we continue to have strong demand. I mean, I'm just looking at our panel production output for the last five weeks. still appears to be quite strong. Um, and I'm thinking when the other shoe is going to drop. I, I know that uh, recently there was an announcement of Toll Brothers um, and uh, they have laid off 1,200 people, not so much in our area, but I think New Jersey, Philly. And uh, so I think there is going to be a slowdown. Um, we're still experiencing a pretty strong backlog. We had a really strong first quarter. Well, that's that's good to hear. And, and I guess just to kind of give some context for our listeners, what areas do you service, Gene? So we consider ourselves a middle Atlantic supplier, but I think historically it's been the Washington metropolitan region, basically uh, the beltway all around the suburbs of Virginia and uh, Maryland. But then recently we've been up north to Baltimore and then into Pennsylvania and some jobs in New Jersey and then uh, also down in uh, South Richmond and Petersburg. We did a big component job in Petersburg uh, this summer. Okay. Well, that helps, you know, for people to, you know, it seems like every pocket of the country is a little bit different. So, so for that perspective, that helps. And Jeff, in your markets, has coronavirus impacted demand in in the states that you focus on? Uh, Jess, we sure haven't seen that. Uh, We operate 44 locations in eight states throughout the Great Plains. And actually, our march, we had one of the strongest marches in our company history. So, so far, we haven't seen any fallout from the coronavirus. Uh, You know, there is some benefits to being in the flyover states. Uh, We social distance already. (laughs) And (laughs) as such, our governors haven't had to to shut down the construction industry. So we're we're open for business. We're keeping busy. Uh, We we do see a little bit of softening just because we're also in some markets that uh, rely upon oil prices. And as we all know, what is happening to the oil industry right now, it's it's having some impact on on some of the projects up around Billings or Cheyenne and even a little bit in Rapid City. Okay, and you, you kind of touched on the disruptions to construction in general. How about, you know, just to kind of drive that point home, Gene, are you seeing any disruptions, you know, besides what you, you heard from Toll Brothers? Is there anything else going on in your area? Well, I think up until about last week, I hadn't really heard any, but there have been a couple of GCs that um, we do business with that have suspended projects. Uh, One I can think of is down in the uh, 
southern part of Virginia, the uh, Omni Homestead. We were on track to do pretty good size wood structure there for them, and uh, they've temporarily put it on hold. So, yeah, we're starting to see some of them delay some of the jobs they had in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And I've heard stories of it kind of being twofold. One are the, the GCs kind of taking control of the situation and, and pulling off or, you know, whether they need to because of the executive orders. And I've also heard stories of, of framing crews not having enough bodies just to show up that they're, the framers are worried or scared or, you know, their uncertainty is driving a lot of it and they're just not coming to work. Has you heard either one of those situations or is there one that's a little bit more prominent in your area, Gene? Well, I think that our guys have been showing up, and uh, so we really haven't seen the guys that are no-shows because of the virus. I think there is a little fear and trepidation, but uh, so far it hasn't really manifested as no-shows. I think, you know, Winchester's a little kind of enclave in the northern, western part of Virginia, and uh, strong work ethic, and I guess they're on the other side of what we call the mountain there, and... uh, Maybe there's an artificial sense of protection and barrier there. Most of the cases in our region have been in right in the core suburbs, Fairfax County, uh, right next to Washington, D.C. Okay. And, and Jeff, I guess similarly, you know, I'm sure you're talking to customers or trying to have those conversations, you know, if, if not face-to-face, obviously, over the phone or emails. What is the sense that you're getting when you're talking to, whether it's framers, installers, or, or even the GCs? Yeah, as, as far as disruptions, the only thing that I can, you know, have heard out there is lending on speculative homes right now is has a higher hurdle to clear to get funding for the builders today. That's one concern they have. Um, then obviously productivity happening on the job sites due to that social distancing, only having one trade on site at a time. That slowed down some of the uh, the cycle times in the field. Beyond that, we haven't seen any major shortages of labor due to that community spread of the virus. Um, there again, you know, we're somewhat isolated from the major markets that have had these huge surges, albeit that we do have some packing plants that are starting to see a little bit of uh, quite a few COVID-19 cases that are happening that's putting a little bit of fear in some of these smaller communities. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that the disruptions quite haven't been there, which is great to hear, but are your sales teams doing things differently, um, you know, today than what they would have been a couple of months ago, Jeff? Um, most of the sales members are working from home. That's not unique for them. They're somewhat of uh, their own bosses, so they work wherever they can work. Uh, so for the most part, the lives really haven't changed of our outside salespeople, minus the lack of face-to-face conversations. And have you heard any feedback on that? Is Do they like it, dislike it, or just kind of indifferent, just worried about getting the job done? Uh, I, they're worried about getting the job done, obviously. But, you know, OSRs, outside salespeople, are generally social people. So not having that face-to-face contact or being able to, you know, have some fun with the customers, that that does bother them and it creates some anxiety, I would say. How about for you, Gene? Are, are your sales teams doing much differently or, you know, to try to bridge that gap at what used to be face-to-face communication? Well, I will echo uh, what Jeff's saying. You know, our guys are usually out in the field. We do uh, meet once a week face-to-face and I check in with them often on the phone, but uh you know, they're used to being out on the job site and seeing these guys and talking about their issues. So 
everybody's working remotely now from their homes and just learning that technology and Zoom seems to be the platform of choice. Um, getting that up and running uh, has been in some cases challenging, I, I know for me, but uh, you know, they all to a man are busy and are dealing with, you know, ongoing, uh, you know, delivery and, uh, you know, bidding issues. So um, I think it's taken a toll from the anxiety standpoint, but Again, we, we continue to be busy, and uh, but then have these additional restrictions. So um, I think it has been anxiety producing. And I guess just beyond you know, like your your salespeople, your outside salespeople, how about you know just your employees in general? Whether it's people that are now working from home or people in the manufacturing portion that are still coming in, how are they doing on a human level, Gene? Well. <laughs> I've been social distancing for my plant for a week or really a month now. So um, since I'm down here in Northern Virginia, uh, my sales and marketing office is here. So my routine is to go up once a week and I actually go into the plant and I see everybody and I walk around looking at everybody's eyes, everybody at every saw, everybody at every table. And uh, so right now I have just, uh, so I'm, I'm anxious about that, me personally, but uh, you know, I talk to the foreman on the phone and, you know, our guys are our soldiers and, they, and they're showing up. And again, I think Winchester is just a great uh, little manufacturing town. Um, everybody is anxious about this. There's no question about it. And the office people as well. But I think our HR department has done a great job managing it. We're following all the guidelines. We, you know, installed all the you know, hand sanitizers. We put locks on the doors. We you know have a good cleaning regimen. We even bought the um, infrared guns uh, probably a week ago, and they came in. So we're taking temperatures now too. I know other CMs are doing that, but I think that our people know that the steps we've taken have been in their uh, behalf, and uh, I think it's been positive, but still anxiety producing. And Jeff, you know, how, how are your people doing? How are they reacting to all this and all the different areas that you cover? You know, I would say one positive thing that's come from this pandemic is that we're all fighting that, that common enemy, right? The virus. And what I've seen and, you know, listening to our branch managers and general managers is that there's a little bit more cohesiveness within the teams. Uh, they're all doing their part to sanitize, disinfect, uh, you know, social distance. Uh, so they're coming together as a team. And it also has made us communicate better. You know, the managers are having more face-to-face -face contact at a distance with their their teams in smaller groups. Um, I'm visiting via phone or uh, video conferencing with uh, my teams, you know, on a daily, uh, every other day basis. So I, I think it's creating more teamwork. That's one positive to take out of this. Are you going to take steps to try to Make sure that lasts beyond, you know, we're going to beat the virus. We're going to have the, the concerns are going to wane. But how much of that do you think, you know, you can kind of keep with your team long term, whether it's just the teamwork aspect or, you know, the cleanliness or just the, you know, the ongoing maintenance? Is that something you're looking at long term, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, for me, organization and plant cleanliness is, is very important. And that's always been a, a topic of conversation every time we do a walkthrough with the managers. Um, but beyond that, I, I think it's, you know, I've grown as a person because I, I've never been really comfortable visiting on the phone. I'm more of a face-to-face -face guy. So I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with the phone calls and, and connecting over the phones or 
you know, really getting connected with this video conferencing on GoToMeeting or Zoom or whatever venue you want to use. Um, and, and those do make a difference when you can see someone, you know, on a video versus just talking to them. That does add a level of connection and connectivity. So, I, you know, out of this, I, I feel we'll see more of those video conferencing and more communication. I think that will continue to happen. Yeah, especially for you, where you've got quite a wide geography the, to cover there. And, and Gene, have you been on more, you know, conference calls or video calls? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been overwhelming because, you know, I'm active in our builders association. So um, we've got one or two of those a week. And then of course the exec committee, we have one every, uh, every Friday morning. And uh, of course the sales meetings and uh, management meetings go on throughout the week. So yeah, um, we're just doing a lot more uh, video conferencing and zoom. So no question about it. I think, uh, I don't know if that's there here to stay or not. Um, I think some of it is really, uh, productive and you can get things done, but, uh, I'm kind of the old school. I, I really like to see people and, you know, look them in the eye and, you know, assess what, where they're really taking in the information. There's a lot of times you'll be in the middle of your conference and you'll ask somebody a question. There's like, you can tell they really weren't paying attention. So, um, it's, it's uh, kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, if I were a better actor, I'd act like I wasn't paying attention, but I don't think that would come through on our, our podcast here. But, uh, you know, Gene, you mentioned the uh, the infrared, you know, thermometer, t- taking the temperature, and we've talked about that on prior podcasts. Has there been anything else that you've learned from another component manufacturer, just kind of in passing, that you've implemented in your plants? Well, I mean, I listened to the last two guys, uh, and uh, Mike's and uh, Scott's were fantastic, um, and you know, we hadn't gotten the guns when he had been uh, doing it. Uh, so we learned that. I think the cleanliness, I mean, that's something I think that we could have done better. But I think now we are really um, attacking that with great uh, robustness. We're cleaning often and everywhere. So I think that's, you'd mentioned earlier, what are the things you're going to, you know, uh, stay with you? Um, and I think that the easy access to all the offices and the coming and the going has definitely been cut down with the locks. I think that a long-term consequence is that we're probably going to be healthier from the other, uh, you know, illnesses like common cold and flu. So, you know, maybe that's a little silver lining, but um, we are definitely doing uh, a lot more cleaning and, uh, you know, listening to the other guys has been helpful in that regard because I think everybody's uh, really jumped in and uh, worked hard on it and, and is doing it. How about you, Jeff? Has there been anything, you know, maybe unique to one of your operations that you've implemented or you've heard about, or, you know, even a tip that you've heard on other podcasts or other, you know, component manufacturers, just anywhere that you'd like to share that you thought was really, really a neat idea? Well, most of our COVID-19 policy has been plagiarized, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we copied off everybody. (laughs) For webinars and, uh, you know, phone conversation and roundtables we participate in. Uh, and there, there's a little bit of originality in ours. But beyond that, I would say, you know, the staggered start times and staggered break, that that's something that uh, we started doing early on to avoid uh, or create that social distance. And I think that's something that could stay as well. But, uh, you know, minus those things that Gene talked about, we haven't gone so far to take temperatures yet. Our teams are a little bit uh, worried about the message that that sends to the group if you're taking temperatures. 
Now, as that becomes more mainstream, I, I think that's something we might implement down the road once other people kind of see it on the news that it's not out of the norm, but not too much beyond that. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a proximity sensitivity there too, where, you know, if, if your local area, if your city or county's got multiple cases or they're really ramping up, it's probably going to be different. You know, there's, there's some counties that have had zero cases, you know, just because it's happening in large cities or large metropolitan areas doesn't mean it's always happening throughout the country. And I think it's, you know, a local approach like that is, is a good way to go. Um, and, and I guess just to kind of ask, I'll ask both Jeff and Gene this, have you guys had anybody test positive for COVID-19, whether it's an employee or, you know, somebody that's been in your plant? And Jeff, I guess I'll let you go first. Okay. No, we, we've been really fortunate so far as we don't have any confirmed cases of COVID-19, knock on wood. Uh, we, we do have a few uh, spouses of our employees that have uh, tested positive for COVID, but fortunate for them, for those spouses is... They haven't been hospitalized for it, so uh, the symptoms are mild and they're recovering quickly. Uh, the closest thing that we've had is, you know, uh, one of our window vendors has contracted the case and he's been on a ventilator for, for 16 days and it's been touch and go, but it looks like he's turned the corner and is moving in the right direction, but no one internally. Well, that's, that's good to hear as far as, you know, both the the vendor that he's doing well and, you know, that you haven't had any employees and I guess, you know, to kind of follow up on that, the spouses, how did you find out? And then what did you do? You know, did you immediately kick into action plan or I guess, tell me how that reaction worked? Yeah, when the spouse, obviously the, the employee has to stay home. So we, you know, they didn't come into work. They called and said, hey, our, my wife or, you know, husband has tested positive. Uh, I'm going to self-quarantine for 14 days. Uh, we kind of backtracked and went and cleaned their areas really well. but you know, they weren't showing any signs of the symptoms. So beyond just a deep cleaning of their areas, and uh, that's about all we did. And I guess if you can, how long ago was that? Or was it a couple of weeks, a couple of days? That's been about seven days. So we got about seven more days for, you know, that employee to uh, to stay at home before he can return back to work. Okay. Yeah. So, that, and that's good news that nobody else is showing symptoms and guess to transition to Gene, have you guys had anybody test positive or anybody close to your business do so? So we didn't have an employee, but we had an installer um, on our uh, high-end architectural millwork side. Um, but I think it could apply to anyone really. Um, he had actually come in and met with our plant manager and one of the other um outside sales guys. And then he tested positive probably about, um, I want to say 10 days ago. So we notified all the job sites that we knew of that he was on, sent out letters right away. And then, uh, we sent home, um, our plant manager and he's just come back. And then the other guy, uh, cause it was a 14 day period. I think that we were, we were using and he's back and, and feels great. Our uh, mill shop manager. And then uh, this other project manager we use, he's still in quarantine. So, but he feels good. He's been there for 10 days. So um, the other guy's home and I think he's not feeling too well, but I think he's weathering it. Yeah. Well, hopefully recovers quickly. And, and it sounds like, you know, the, the policies and procedures that have been put in place were followed. And then it sounds like success stories that way that you've limited the spread, really the social distancing and everything that, uh, you know, the government and, and those folks have been asked, you, you guys did. And 
that seems like it's very successful. Is there anything more to that that you'd like to add, Gene? And then I'll give you an opportunity to, to add more, Jeff. Well, I think that, you know, they talk about the contact tracing and, you know, I was listening to that often when you'd hear the experts talking uh, in the evening uh, when I watched the news and uh, that's what it's really all about. But, you know, our memories are uh, kind of fragile because, you know, I thought, you know, did I come in touch with Alex? And, uh, you know, I had an appointment with him to be out of the job and I think, he was there and then uh, I couldn't find him. And then when I came back, because people said he was in the lobby and then it was one of those twists of fates where, you know, I didn't really come in contact with him. So, um, but remembering that and then tracing back to the other jobs he was at and who he's with is a little harder than I thought. And, uh, you know, unless you're writing down every day who you're with and where you're going, um, uh, it's it's hard. And I guess you kind of bring up something that could be added as a best practice just for, you know, this case moving forward. If people were to just jot it down in case they were to come in contact with somebody else that had COVID and, and then reported it to you, or if you, heaven forbid, come down with it, that might be a good thing to just kind of take some notes and and to know that, to make that contact tracing easier. And I, I think that's a solution moving forward as businesses start to open up. Hopefully we can, you know, have a little more leeway that way. And if that's one of the solutions, I, I think there'd be a lot of people that would definitely commit to doing that if, if it meant opening some businesses up around the country. Yeah. I remember at the time, though, the mindset of that particular general contractor, you know, he had called me out there because he felt like we weren't keeping up with the job site. And uh, so, and this was amid the COVID virus thing. So, you know, exactly. I should have been more uh, cognizant of, uh, who, what, where, and, and why. But uh, that was an early example of a general contractor that was absolutely not uh, accepting what was going on. And that job's closed down now, and they're actually doing a thorough cleaning for a week. So uh, they finally got the message. Mm -hmm. How about you, Jeff? Anything more to kind of wrap up that that portion of it? No, I would just say we're really accommodating to each individual employee and how they're dealing with the COVID-19. You know, not one shoe fits every person. Um, plus, as a company, we employ over 500 people, so we didn't qualify for a lot of those government programs. So one thing that we did do is uh, we, we already have a liberal paid time off policy, um, but we also added another week for COVID-19 related illnesses so we could err on the, the side of caution. if. If someone did come down with a sniffle or a sneeze, you know, we'd isolate them and send them home and, and make sure it wasn't uh, a precursor to the COVID-19 virus. And I guess as a follow-up to that, how are your attendance rates going with that, Jeff? Are there people taking it, I don't want to say advantage, are they using it as it should be? And then how, you know, is it 5% absent, 1%? Is there any metrics that you're tracking there? Yeah, I mean, by no means is it being abused today. And and that's to the, the hard work of our, our branch managers out there asking the right questions, you know, uh, making sure that they weren't exposed to people similar to what Gene said. Is there, you know, some of that contact tracing backwards? Um, and then to ask, you know, is it, uh, you know, do you have allergies or just walk through some of the other medical symptoms that might appear each year at this time as you head into spring? You both have mentioned cleaning, and I, I've heard of companies that are hiring outside firms in certain instances to come in and clean, and then others that are doing it internally. You know, Jeff, what are you guys doing with your, your operations? And then I'll ask Gene after that. 
Yeah, so everything that we do is internal. Um, we do employ some outside janitorial companies, but the sanitizing and disinfecting we're doing as our own teams and we're assigning those. Uh, we recently created a, a log sheet that we're requiring each branch to uh, to log you know, the cleaning policies and focus on certain areas to clean just as a, a risk mitigator to make sure they're doing their job. And if someone comes back in the process and, and says we were uh, negligent in our duties, we have something in writing that we're following the CDC policies and guidelines. Um, that's about it. Yeah, I like that log or checklist mentality because then you don't have to think if it was done or rely on somebody's memory in the in the time that they're doing it too. So you're probably more likely to get done there just from an operations perspective. Um, how about you, Gene? Are you guys doing it in-house or has there been any external parties come in and, and clean on your operations? So we uh, employ a full-time you know, in-house janitors and they do the cleaning really on a weekly, daily basis. And I think that what this crisis has done for us is really notched up just the, the cleanliness to the disinfecting level which I don't think that was a strong suit. I think we're using, a, you know, I, I think it's a kind of a Clorox-based solution uh, that we slightly cut down that we're spraying that over all surfaces that are touched, um, machinery equipment, hand tools. Um, I mentioned earlier, we've uh, put locks on the doors. We've got hand sanitizer liquid, which has been hard to get a hold of. Um, so I think we have definitely taken it to a new level and with greater emphasis on the actual disinfecting part. Um, so, and I think we've done a good job on that. Well, that's good to hear. Um, you know, I'm going to transition now, kind of looking forward a little bit. And, you know, once this is over with, and I guess, you know, kind of speak to the national approach and maybe locally too, but, you know, once markets are open back up, what challenges do you anticipate, Gene, for your operations? You know, and how do you anticipate that going? Well, we're close to the local builders associations, and uh, you know I've been pretty bullish up until uh, maybe yesterday when I heard about the Toll Brother guys um, laying off. Um, but then I called up another local, um, large regional builder, Van Meter, and he, you know Mike told me he's busy too. So I think what I've come to believe is that there is going to be a big slowdown in the middle of the summer sometime. We're still working off our backlog and some of the commercial jobs that we already had in the pipeline. But then, um, I don't know if you guys saw the, the midterm report from Robert Dietz. Um, he's the national, uh, association of home builders, chief economist. And he thinks there's going to be a, a pick back up in third, fourth quarter. Um, if we can start opening up to some extent and letting people back into, um, the model homes, um, we weren't really going into this year with uh, a bubble in housing. We weren't in an overbuilt market. In fact, argument can be made that we were slightly uh, underbuilt. So the pent up demand, the demand is there. And I think coupled with the financing being kind of rock bottom now, of course, if you have job destruction, that's, that's another issue, but uh, you know, I'm hopeful that we're going to come back strong in, in the latter half of the year. And uh, what's going to be good for us is is the strong backlog we had and uh, kind of the diversity between, you know, our commercial based. I mean, we're still 80 um, percent this traditional single family production builders, 20 um, percent, uh, you know, commercial apartment builders. So 
um, I think that's been helpful to us. And I think in the back half of the year, um, it's going to see us through. I, I saw that data too, Gene. And, you know, what I liked about the graphs, I always try to look back if there's a drop or, you know, any kind of, well, what we're going through now is a, is a heck of a dip. But I look back to what years was this, is 2020 anticipated to be like? And I saw it, you know, with, I think multifamily was back to like 2016 levels and single family was 2017. You know, it, it's not great. It's not up, but it isn't as bad as going back to like 09 or 2010 or 2011 numbers. So hopefully that gives it a little bit of a pause and, you know, we're able to bounce back, like you said, later in the year, and then also continue an upward trajectory into 2021 too. Exactly. And Jeff, what are you anticipating for, you know, once we get back to normal and in your market, it doesn't sound like there's been a whole lot of disruption, but are you anticipating any, anything that might give you some hiccups or what are you looking at long-term to try to try to deal with? Yeah. I mean, longer term, it's always fiscal policies, right? We've thrown a lot of stimulus, you know, at the Great Recession and now at the COVID-19 crisis, you know, the governments, both federal and state, without, you know, the, the tax revenues are seeing. There's going to be a lot of pressure to balance budgets and pay down debt. So, you know, looking ahead, what's that going to mean for taxes? How are we going to, you know, start to pay down some of those debts? Uh, that's always a concern. Uh, you know, getting back to full employment, you know, how are we going to get people back to full employment? Is that... Um, repatriating some of the critical manufacturing jobs and businesses that we've lost overseas that we're now seeing the how it can hurt us during a crisis. Um, does that create that full employment? And then, you know, if, if I were a small business and, and you burn through cash and you come out on the opposite side of this, you know, are they going to be strong enough to survive or will there be some more M&A mergers and acquisition activity and, and or some of these smaller businesses just closing the doors? And their business being absorbed by a bigger dealer. I mean, those are those are some things that you know, just looking at a bigger picture, that could happen if if this tr- if this thing drags out too long. But beyond that, I think there's a lot of positives. I, you know, I, I would hope that for us to recruit people to our component or the building materials industry, I think we go after the service sector because I think the service sector is going to be the slowest to recover. You know, hotels and hospitality. So hopefully, there's some additional employees that look at our industry. It'll be interesting to see how those employees react to it. That's a great point, Jeff. If they're looking for work and they will take something in construction or, you know, construction related, or if they're just, they are really determined to go back to that industry for for whatever that former role was, that they want to just wait that out. Uh, kind of reading between the lines there, it sounds like there might be an opportunity for some component manufacturers to try to recruit and try to retain some employees or grow their employee base. Because two months ago, people were worried about how are they going to find enough people to to fill their positions and, and what can they do? And labor was really the constraint there. So this might disrupt a lot of that and provide some opportunities for component manufacturers too. Exactly. You know, lumber markets are, are always a crazy thing and they'll, they'll go in different directions. You know, Jeff, what's your outlook on, on what lumber is going to do in the next, you know, six to eight weeks or even beyond that? You know, I personally believe that the markets will remain soft at least through August, uh, you know, and that's partly due to the preservation of cash. I mean, no one's going to go out there and and take a position on lumber when you don't have to uh, because we're all worried about, you know, cap right now. Um, thus, you know, you're only going to buy and consume four to six weeks of supply is what I would see. So that's going to keep this lumber market soft. Um, and then we don't know what's going to happen is maybe we open business back up. And the business starts to return, then all of a sudden we have to quarantine again or stay-at-home orders, you know, go back in place. And then that pushes the industry off another 
60 days. So you got to be a little careful right now. Yeah, no question about it. It's uh, markets kind of back and forth. You look at the overall stock market and then the oil market, there's just so much uncertainty that it's really hard to predict right now. But I think if we start getting opened up, that's going to be key. If some of these states, you know, the criteria is pretty, you know, we need in Virginia 14 successive days of declining cases. And uh, that's just to get to a phase one. So, but if you have a lot of those states doing that and achieving that hurdle, then I think the lumber market will start sorting itself out and the demand part of it will be more visible. Um, so that's my take on that. Um, I want to go back though to what something that Jeff said about employees and, and our positioning in the market, because that was such a good point. You know, in our state, the construction guys were deemed essential and, you know, a lot of these other people weren't in their home. And I think that, um, that's not been lost on a lot of these people so that, you know, they'll look now to construction a little differently that, you know, Hey, if there is this kind of a catastrophic event, you know, you can keep working and rather than stay at home. So anyway, I just thought that was such an important point. So I jump back to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, and I guess just to kind of continue on with employees, Gene, what advice do you have to, maybe just employees in general or of other component manufacturers or people in the industry, you know, for what they can do to help their employers throughout this process. Well, I think that, uh, you know, I'm very uh, grateful to have worked in a family business for years and years and years. And we sort of have a legacy of caring about our employees. And, and I think they know that. And, uh, you know, sometimes the word uh, a family is cliched, but, uh, you know, our case, it's true. And uh, I know our HR department, which is my uh, sister-in-law and my brother and my partner, they worked really hard at this. And uh, they jumped on the uh, social distancing and the mask and the cleaning right away. And we went to social distancing really from the get-go. And so I think that sent the message to our people that we care about your health and, uh, you know, if you're sick, don't come in and, you know, we continue to pay them. So um, I, I think it's this experience is, has reinforced, you know, our company culture. And uh, I'm not happy that this happened, but, you know, I think our employees like working in our company. That's that's good to hear. And Jeff, you know, what uh, what advice would you have to employees out there that might be listening? You know, I think Gene hit it head on is the the culture you have as a company. And, and we're a 100% employee-owned company, uh, which means that each one of us is an owner and we need to act like owners and take care of each other um, and just communicate. You know, I want each one of our employees to go to their manager or, or talk to someone, whether it's an employee assistance program, about their anxieties and to help reduce some of that stress or talk to a manager and, and make sure you understand what's going on and how we're doing something. Other than that, I would say, just stop watching news, you know, find something positive to watch something funny. I tell you what, I, I turn news off anymore. I, I start the first two weeks. I just constantly watched it and I've kind of gotten in a rut and then I'm just like, I'm turning TV off. <laughs> I think I should do that, Jeff. I'm not doing that. And I go to bed depressed. Yeah. There's an, there's an overload. So turn it off a few hours before you go to bed. 
Yeah, and that probably you know goes into our next question. But uh, and Jeff, I'll let you take first crack at this one. But what advice do you have for component manufacturers or, or people who are in a leadership position in their companies? You know, to to get through this. Yeah, just stay positive for your teams and your customers. You know, talk about the future and where we're going. Um, if you have some free time right now, be working on those strategies that you can't work on during the busy times. Um, and then just continue to develop new and effective means to communicate. That's what I would say. I like that. How about uh, how about for you, Gene? Well, I'm on the sales side, so I'm continually talking to new customers. And I would say that it's important that you keep looking ahead and uh, because there's plenty of opportunity to just look inward and look at production and, you know, looking at how you're dealing with the virus. And, but, you know, we are going to get through this and uh, we're going to still need customers and we're still going to need business. So, and uh, surprisingly, opportunities still come across here and maybe they're a year away or a year and a half away, but, you know, um, I've, I've worked hard at trying to make sure that we address those and are, you know, bidding them properly and rather than just hunkering down and hanging on to what we've got and what we know and what's easy to bid. So, um, but I mean, I think that I've really benefited from being on the exec committee and just listening to everybody across the country, uh, you know, Louisiana and, and, and California and in the Midwest and even in my region, you know, these guys, they're just unbelievable. And I know SBCA has done a good job. We've got the, the podcasts are out there and I've listened to them and learned. And, uh, you know, it's just another example of why our association exists and, and how you can uh, help your business. Yeah, the SBCA has done a, a great job. The the staff and, you know, the leadership and, and everybody involved throughout this, I've really commend them for what they're what they're doing. And it's a difficult thing to go through. It's a difficult topic. I wish we didn't have to, but watching how individuals, both component manufacturers and, and CMs that have never been involved, their questions, their comments, what they're providing, and then, you know, CMs that are in leadership on the board, on the exec committee, other committees and the strike forces. And then just the staff in general, it's been real fun for me to watch, um, you know, so, so I've appreciated that as well from my vantage point. Um, and one quick question, Gene, before we, we finalize or before we end up here, and I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the CARES Act and the uh, payroll protection program. Um, Jeff, I doubt that your company, based on the size and what you've mentioned here, but I guess I'd just ask you, Gene, if you guys gone through that to, you know, help our listeners, you know, what has your experience been if you have, and, and just kind of talk to that if you could, Gene. Yeah, we definitely applied for it. And it's of course an SBA loan and there's all kinds of paperwork involved in that. And, uh, but we've done it before, so we were fairly familiar with it, but no, we've got it in and uh, we're anticipating that that'll come through for us. So, and we think that's really important. So uh, yeah. And I know a lot of people, um, you know, can, uh, talk through that and help each other on that. But we had a lot of experience in, in that area of the lending. And uh, I think that, you know, if you're looking ahead and you see that you're, you're going to have a big lull in the middle of the summer and you want to hang on to that workforce, this is a great tool for that. So um, I would encourage everybody. I think it's gone now, but there's a possibility another tranche is going to come out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, with that... Uh like to thank both uh, Gene and Jeff for joining us today. I appreciate your time and, and doing this. Thanks. Thanks, Jess. We will wrap up today's SPCA's Component Connection. I look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you and goodbye. Mm-hmm.
Thank you for listening to SBCA's podcast, Component Connection. We are committed to bringing you a variety of information via this podcast. Please email your feedback or suggestions for future topics to podcast at sbcindustry.com. 